0: Okay, All right, so uh, Acts chapter number 13. Acts chapter number 13, uh, last week, was uh, the beginning of Paul and Barnabas, and uh, John was with them. They started off with their first missionary journey. We see that Paul uh, and Barnabas, which Paul was called Saul there, uh, they were... Uh, commissioned verbally by the Holy Spirit to go out and and to be uh, missionaries. And so very important, uh, super important missionary journeys. Uh, This is where we see churches planted and the gospel being spread and um, all kinds of really neat stuff is going to be starting from Acts 13 uh, through the end of uh, the book of Acts. Okay, so that's where we were. They Uh, Made it over to, my my Cyprus got a little bit uh, uh, funky there, but that's the island of Cyprus. They came from Antioch, which was over here, to Cyprus, and they traveled across that, if you remember, sharing the word of God. And then they got over here and uh, had an encounter with the governor there, and also with a man by the name of Uh, Bar-Jesus, okay, which was a false prophet, and uh, Paul uh, spoke with him and really was uh, strong verbally with him, telling him uh, to his face, looking straight in the eye and saying, you know, you are a son of the devil, you are a man that uh, is desiring to be deceitful and to, uh, to lead people astray. And then was able to share the gospel with the governor there. And as far as we know, the governor accepted Christ. And uh, that was an exciting time for them. Okay, And that's where we pick up the story here in verse uh, 13. Okay? And we're going to try our hardest to get to 41 tonight. So uh, this is the, re- the written recording the first time we see Paul's an actual sermon from Paul. So this is really cool. A little bit of detail before we get into his sermon, um, but this is Paul's first recorded sermon, and uh, a lot of I, I really enjoyed studying this. There's a lot of really uh, cool stuff that Paul shows us and uh, gives us good insight in how, you know, ways that we can share uh, the gospel with, with people around us uh, by using the Old Testament. Okay, but uh, we'll start here with giving just some background and where they're heading. So, if I could have someone just read uh, 13 and 14. 13 and 14, that gives us some information of what's going on. We'll talk about that, and then we'll get into his sermon. Melissa? Okay, so really easy uh, uh, names to read off there. But uh, we see here something just interesting to note. Who, do we remember who led the missionary journey? Who was kind of the, the leader uh, from Antioch to um, Cyprus? Do we remember kind of who who put in charge of the, the team? Barnabas, Barnabas right? So Barnabas went and found Paul and kind of brought Paul under his wing and they were there in Antioch for a year. They went down to Jerusalem, came back up. The Holy Spirit uh, came to them and said hey i 'm commissioning both of you to uh, the mission uh, to missionary work and Paul and Barnabas uh, sailed to Cyprus okay and so that's we kind of see that they 're both mentioned, but again, we remember Cyprus was Uh, Barnabas's home area, this island, all right? And so we kind of just assume by that, by what Scripture says is that Barnabas was kind of the, the leader here. But in verse 13, we see some kind of a change of order going on, okay? In verse 13, it says, now Paul and his companions, okay? And so somewhere from the from this side of the island to that side of the island, because we see Paul taking the the lead when he's dealing with the false prophet and the governor. Right? We don't even hear Barnabas mentioned. So somewhere between the island here, Paul just took the reins and became the leader. We don't know how that happened or why, uh, but what we do know is Paul is now. Uh, what we would say the leader of of the group, because it says Paul and his companions. Um, and, and that's where the, it starts. And so nothing huge or major there, uh, but just understanding Paul is really uh, beginning to take this missionary journey uh, um, by... By, the, by both fists and really going after it and has uh, taken the lead of, of the missionary group here. It doesn't mean that Barnabas is less or anything of that nature. And seemingly Barnabas is okay with um, letting Paul be kind of the spokesperson because when they get to these missionary deals, you don't hear Barnabas saying much. You, you hear Paul is the one that's preaching. And so just interesting information there. And then in verse um, in verse thirteen as well, it talks about John or John Mark uh, leaving. Okay, and it doesn't say much. Luke doesn't say really anything there. All he says is uh, when they got to uh, uh John returned to Jerusalem, and then it moves on. Now, I just want you to catalog that in your brain and remember. John or, or Acts chapter 13 verse 13 because Tyler in a, a few weeks okay Jeremy's going to teach uh, 14 and then Tyler will teach chapter 15 this little blurb in this passage is going to become a big situation that between Paul and Barnabas and I'm not going to go into that I'm going to let uh, Tyler, uh, explain all of that. I just want to make sure your mind kind of puts that into to uh, a, a place of memory that when we get to Acts uh, fifteen, this is the occasion where Paul and Barnabas get into a discussion about John uh, leaving. Okay, and there, there there's. Nothing said here. Some of the research that I had gave some reasons. No one really knows. All we know is that Paul felt like he abandoned him. Okay. Some of the reasons were maybe that John was frustrated that Paul became the, the leader when Barnabas was because they were related. We don't really know. Uh, they could have been scared of persecution. Could have been scared of the where they were heading was known for a kind of just a bad area of thieves and robbers and, and, and some bad people uh, in this uh, area along this trail here okay but none of that really matters all we know is in this text that John has left and gone back to Jerusalem put that in your mind because we'll revisit that in Acts 15 okay now um, and then in verse 14 here, it talks about where they come. So um, they traveled from down here. This is where they left. And this is all water. Okay? This is the ocean or the, the sea here. And they come here. Okay? This journey through the water is about um, 175 miles. Again, this is neat to me. It might not be to you, but it gives you some, some reference on time. Okay, so by water, however long it takes them to travel, 175 miles, they get to here. And then when they get here and they get up to the Antioch up there, that's another 100 miles. Okay, so roughly 270 miles of a trip from here to where they were going. Now, this is, uh, how do you say that, Melissa? Pisidia. Pisidia, okay, there you go. That 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 place there in Antioch. <laughs> All right. Now this Antioch, uh, the Antioch that Paul and Barnabas came from is over here. Okay. Um, and I'm just going to go over this really quick. This Antioch, this one, and there's another one over here. It's a smaller area. Was named after a... So Alexander the Great came along, and then he had some, the men that followed after him, there was, it was Antiochus the Great, okay, Um, and these areas were named after him. So somewhere in the 300 uh, or so before before Christ. These were kind of established and then they were conquered and then came back. But anyways, that's where these names came from. And it's kind of like what we do today with Lincoln and Washington and so on. We have towns or cities named after great men of our history. That's what's going on here. So just when you're reading, know that it's not talking about this Antioch. They didn't go back here. They came up to this one. Okay. That's just information for you, all right? So that's where we are. We've traveled from here, here to here, about 270 miles uh, to get there, okay? So uh, Paul had a, an enormous amount of time to prepare a message, right? Because when he gets up there, they get to the synagogue and they get asked to uh, prepare a sermon, all right? So let's uh, start in verse 15, Okay, and we're going to break this sermon up a little bit and kind of talk about it. So in, in chapter 13, verse 15 through 20. So someone want to grab 15 through 20. Um, this is how he gets into his sermon and then so on. Okay.
1: 15 through 20. After the reading from the law and the prophets the synagogue and rulers, sent word to them saying, Brothers, if you have a message of encouragement for the people, please speak. Standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and said, Men of Israel and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. The God of the people of Israel chose our fathers. He made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt. With mighty power, he led them out of that country. He endured their conduct for about 40 years in the desert. He overthrew seven nations in Canaan and gave their land to his people as their inheritance. All this took
0: about 450 years. Okay. All right. So. Um, yeah. Yep. All right. So we see here that Paul and Barnabas get over there. They go to the synagogue again. Okay. And this is important to remember. Uh, they, they went to the synagogue when they got here to Cyprus and so on. Uh, they they always head to the synagogue. They've done the same thing here, and, and some of this is going to be important to remember, remember when we get to the end of chapter thirteen. Okay, next week. But um, here they're they're reading the law uh, of the law and the prophets, uh, which was a custom thing to do. They they would go to the synagogue on the Sabbath and they would read the law and the prophets. Uh, and then they would have someone uh, expound or or teach on what the what they read on it wasn 't the entire law uh, and the prophets that would be a rather lengthy reading right um, <clears throat> so they would read a portion and then someone would uh, teach on it, knowing that Paul was a uh, rabbi and uh, or a um, uh, Pharisee. Uh, he would be able to 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 be able to teach on that and so they asked him here do you have some encouraging words for us and paul begins by telling them you know let's um well let's pull apart what what he says okay so it starts here um and paul stood up and motioned with his hands. Okay, and so in in verse sixteen, the, the second part of verse sixteen, he says, oh, you, uh, "Men of Israel, and you God fears, listen, um, listen." Okay, so he's there's two groups of people there. There's the people of the men of Israel, and then God fears. We learned about who the God fears were in uh, Acts ten, right? These were Gentiles that were converted to Judaism. Uh, and the only thing that was different about them uh, is they uh, did not uh, go through circumcision. Okay, so, uh, But they practiced every other uh, thing that the other Jews would other than that. And so that is who's re- referencing here. And so Paul understood that and mentions them. And then he goes in to a brief... Kind of overview of the history of the Israelite nation. And this is all specifically for a reason to remind them of the promise of God uh, upon the Israelite nation and what that promise was for. And that is the driving focus that Paul has in his sermon here, is driving them to a point. Uh, and which is Christ. And he's, bringing, he's going w- back in history and reminding them of the redemptive history of, of, of why the Jewish uh, or the, the Israelite nation was created and how they were created and, and reminds us of that. Jeremy. The
2: verse 16 was one of the first verses I ever memorized as a new Christian. Just the very first part of it where it says Paul stood up. I I went and grabbed my first Bible. I keep it in my office just to see what I wrote in there. (laughs) And I underlined, Paul stood up, and I wrote, seize the opportunity. Just when I was a new believer, just thinking how awesome it was that he went somewhere where he didn't believe the same things they believed and preached something that he wasn't supposed to preach and just how poor that very fact was.
0: Yes, they, they asked him... They, they probably didn't know what they were going to get when they, when they, you know, they, they said, Hey, give it some encouraging words. And he's, <laughs> you can see Paul stands up and, All right, let's get to this. I have had an entire ship ride to create this message.
2: It's like at, uh, at LDS churches on the fast and testimony Sundays, there have been some, con- some who become Christians who go back. And if they get an <laughs> opportunity to get the mic, then they just go for it. And that's, that's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. They they probably uh, get shut down faster than Paul did, but, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. It, Paul takes the opportunity here and 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 begins to go through the history and just does a brief. Now he does this uh, through through the different stages of Israel's uh, uh, journey, and so here we see him talk. He we, he he mentions five major parts of of the beginning of his. Uh, recollection of uh, the beginning of Israel, so the first here is what do we see let 's look at it and see what the first thing that Paul mentions. what is the first part that Paul mentions? We see it there in verse seventeen God chose Israel, okay this is important we don't we, we don 't want to lose sight of the fact that Israel didn't do anything. They weren't great. They, weren't, they were actually a lowly, nothing nation. Okay, Just like 70 people came to Egypt. right? They, they weren't anything to even talk about. And God chose them, obviously, through Abraham. And they, but he starts here primarily in Egypt. All right? So God chose the people of Israel, the fathers, and made him a great... Um, um, People great during, uh, and the people grew uh, during the time of Egypt. Okay, so the people were there, and they uh, he made them great. That would be the number two on there. Okay, he made the people prosper in Egypt. So God chose them, and then he put them in Egypt. How long were they in Egypt? Four hundred years. Four hundred years. Okay, so. You think about the the nation of the United States, how long have we been here? Less than three hundred. Less than three hundred and we have three hundred and forty million people approximately. Okay, so it doesn't take long to really you know bloom as a nation now obviously we've had people uh, migrating in and so on that adds to our number but you can kind of get the idea that it don't take long to be a great nation if you give them 400 years to uh, procreate okay um and so that's what is paul's mentioning there god chose them and then they grew to a, a mighty people there in egypt and then the third thing that he talks about is what He delivered them from Egypt, right? He brought them out. And so he talks about the deliverance from Egypt. And then he's <laughs> it's interesting how Paul mentions it here, right? He what? He endured the Israelites through the wilderness, right? That would be a great way to remember the Israelites and and how God dealt with them. he endured them through that land, all right? Oh N- nothing really positive in that fr- about uh, the Israelite nation. All right, and then he goes, uh, this again is just a brief, um, I think this is like a, a 300,000 view, view of the history there, okay? And then it talks about he conquered seven nations. So when they get into the land of Canaan, Um, the promise there God enables the army there to conquer seven nations and gives them the land as an inheritance okay and so again Paul is reminding these men that are Jews of their history and he's going to be constantly pointing uh, their history to a uh, to a uh, a very important end okay and so he starts there, and I think it's a very important place to start because this is where redemptive history and all of that by uh, using God using the Israelite nation to bring about uh, the Messiah. And so he goes back t- to there. All right, so that's the first section. So Paul takes advantage of them giving him the opportunity, and he, and he takes a play, playbook from who? No, he takes it from Jesus, right? Jesus goes back to the law and the prophets when he came out uh, after he was raised from the, uh, the dead. And he, he meets the men on the road. Uh, and in Luke chapter 24, someone want to grab that real quick. That'd be a good thing to read. Luke 24, this is talking about Jesus. Luke twenty-four twenty-seven. Luke twenty-four twenty-seven, Jesus does the same idea. He takes the, the men that he's talking with all the way back to the, the history. Okay, what it, what does it say here? Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself and all the scriptures. Okay, so obviously this is a summary of you know, this isn't saying everything he spoke, but he's saying, hey. Jesus went back to the, to the law, the Moses and the prophets, and told them everything concerning himself. And so Paul thought, you know, who better to emulate than my Savior, right? So maybe I'll take something from what he's done, and I'll, I'll implement the same idea. Start from the law, the prophets, the history of Israel, and, and really begin to... Uh, to share the gospel in that way and reminding them of their history. Okay? So twenty one through twenty-five. Let somebody grab twenty-one through twenty-five. And they ask a God
3: gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe
0: of Benjamin? Actually stop there. Uh, go read twenty. Sorry, read twenty through twenty-five. Very good. All right, so we see here that uh, Paul goes from uh, just talking about the general history, and then he starts talking about more specifically. He gets into the judges. Okay, so he's talking history there, and then they complained. We know the history. They started to complain. Hey, I we want a king, just like all of the others, and so God uh, allows them to have a king, and the king is uh, Saul. Okay. Interesting to note, this is where we learn how long Saul uh, reigned, okay? We don't see that in the Old Testament, we see it here. So Paul uh, mentions that he reigned for 40 years, all right? And then God removed him, and we know the the history behind that, and put in his place a man called David, King David, and uh, gives... A lot of information here about David. He's a man after God's own heart. And that through David, the, the, the line of David would come about the Savior. Jesus okay so very important Paul is really driving home the fact the history of Jew, the Jewish nation uh, and the Israelites and uh, you know they they still at this time view David as a hero and a, and a great man and so he brings make sure he brings him up which is obviously an important part of uh, the promise uh, seed uh, being and the the king is going to come through David's line. Now we're not going to read all of these, but if you want to write them down, you'll you can see uh, in several of these passages where David is given the promise that Christ is going to come from you. So we have it in Second um, Samuel seven, uh, chapter seven, twelve through sixteen, uh, and it's in Psalms. We see it here, Psalms uh, one hundred and twenty. One hundred and thirty two eleven and then in isaiah eleven ten and jeremiah twenty three five okay so all of these mention um, the the line of David uh, and bringing about uh, christ okay so uh, really cool uh, and, and uh, exciting Way that Paul is bringing about the gospel to to this group of uh, of men here uh, in the synagogue, okay and then he goes he he goes all the way from David and then jumps all the way down to John the Baptist, okay so he gives them a brief history and then talks about the prophets for a second and then the King Saul and then gets into David and explains King David for a little bit and talks about how God viewed him a man after his own heart that he will do all of my will and he will bring about the redemption uh through Jesus through his line and then gets into John and John proclaims uh and through the ministry of John we know him to be the cousin of Jesus and he shared uh the coming of Christ okay and it says here that uh he didn't even feel worthy to tie his sandals. Okay, this was usually um, given to the lowliest of servants to do anything with the feet. And John says, "I'm not even worthy uh, to to tie or to loosen his sandals." Okay, and so Paul is giving all of this great information, uh, and this is stuff that these men, a lot of these men would know. But Paul, again, is bringing each one, he's bringing back fresh memories of of what's going on here so that he can get to the meat of where he's trying to go. Okay, so any thoughts or uh, comments on this section? I didn't give much chance for comments on our last one, so, Mom? Well, this one's just called Antioch. Is that called? Yeah, this one's the, both those names together. So. <clears throat> okay, so again, Paul is bringing them to this conclusion. Now, uh, I want to say this and just reminding us in verse 15... Okay, go back to verse 15. Someone read uh, the beginning part of verse 15 for us. Or just read the whole verse. Let me see here. Make sure that's the verse I want. After
1: the reading from the law.
0: Yes, yeah, that one. Read verse 15.
1: Right. After the reading from the law and the prophets, the synagogue rulers... Send word to them, saying, Brothers, if you have a message of encouragement for the people, please speak.
0: Okay, so just reminding you that he said you have a message of encouragement. So Paul starts off by reminding them of their history and the history of redemption. And now we're going to get into the encouraging, exciting part of his message. Okay, so this will go... Uh, 26 to the end here and this is really where Paul, it's kind of like all preachers do, right? We start off kind of getting people into the sermon, giving our points and and so on and then we close the sermon by really pointing out the the importance and focusing on the gospel and, and who the person of Christ and what it is and what it means for us and so Paul goes from way old history to very recent history and gives the account of the crucifixion here okay so let's read uh, starting in verse 26 um, let see 26 through 33 let's go there okay
2: brothers sons of the family of Abraham and those among you who fear God to us has been sent the message of this salvation For those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not recognize him, nor understand the utterances of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, fulfilled them by condemning him. And though they found in him no guilt worthy of death, they asked Pilate to have him executed. And when they had carried out all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in the tomb. But God raised him from the dead.
0: so paul Paul just really lays it out great for them and and you know some some of it's maybe a knife to a few of them and some are really uh pain. you can imagine a mixed group some are are feeling the pain of what he's saying and some are really intent on his words here uh just Really, uh, it would be an interesting group to, to you know, sit up in the balcony and just watch the men and, and how they respond to what he says here because he really gets after uh, how, how he was put to death but reminds them that this had to take place. Right? This was not something that was just by chance. This was all a plan of God from the beginning. Uh, and they were a part of it. So, brethren, sons of Abraham. So, reminding them again of who they are and where they come from, and family, um, family, and those among you for, to fear God. To us. The message of salvation has been sent. What an exciting... I mean, we see, you know, if this was me, I could see Paul probably on its toes just bouncing exciting to share the gospel with these people. All right, and then he goes through the accounts telling him that uh, the prophets prophesied this. And, you know, he puts a little jab in there, right? What does he say in the verse? He says you guys read this every sabbath (laughs) you know you you hear this every sabbath you know what i'm talking about because it's read every sabbath but how often do we even do it today where we read the word of god and it kind of just goes in one ear and out the other and it's Lali. What's the old Charlie Brown, the Peanuts, where you hear the mom is wah, 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 you wah. Know? And it gets to that point. And I think that's what Paul is saying here is, hey, you guys hear this all the time. And you just, it, it's it's lost in you. And you you don't recognize it. All right. And so he he's really driving that point of, of home again. And then he talks about Pilate. And Pilate, you know, gave him up to death. And then in 29 and 30, uh, he, he talks about it. And this is prophesied in um, Isaiah 53. So if someone wants to grab Isaiah 53, this correlates to 29 and 30. Isaiah 53 and verse 9. It says the same idea. Jerry?
1: His grave was
0: Yes. And so it, again, it, it points out the same things that this verse does. And, and so Paul is constantly reaching from the Old Testament and bringing that to life, showing that it, he was a scholar, showing he knew uh, the Old Testament and knew it well uh, and was bringing all of that to, to light here. Yeah, in this passages, um, and then many days appeared, okay so then he, he talks about after his resurrection there in 31, he talks about uh, that he appeared to many people. Paul again mentions the same thing in First Corinthians fifteen5 through eight and recounts it again that many witnesses saw Christ uh, after his resurrection. Okay, so this wasn't some, some just a few men making a scheme and saying, yeah, Jesus came to life and, uh, and we, we're going to make everyone try to believe that. Uh, it's, it's documented more than once in Scripture that over 500 witnesses saw Jesus after he was put to death. There is very little... Uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, disagreement that Christ was put to death. All right? very little disagreement uh, uh, among uh, crossed all religious lines. All right, I, I'm not aware really of anyone that's just strongly says no, he didn't die because it is a record uh, that uh, is proven outside of even scripture. Um, but the the resurrection is always. You know, there's a lot of people that don't believe in that. But we are given several times here uh, in Scripture where 500 people uh, saw him, witnessed him, along with the, uh, the apostles and uh, a few women as well that are mentioned. Okay, so Paul brings that uh, to their attention, reminding them that this Jesus... Why, well, let me ask you this question. We've got a few more minutes here. Why, why do you think that's important? Why do you think Paul would mention that? That there was 500 witnesses and then talking about that. Proof, right? Making sure that they understand that what he's preaching is truth and that the resurrection must happen. We must believe the resurrection, or we have nothing, right? There is absolutely no reason for us to be here tonight without the resurrection of Christ.
1: Right, and with that many, they were still alive. They could go out if they wanted to and approach those people and talk to them and get the truth from them that yeah. they had seen Him with their eyes after He had been
0: resurrected. So was, yeah.
1: And it was all believers,
0: Kind of, it kind of gives the idea maybe to to the point of um, eyewitnesses to nine to eleven, right? You know, nine eleven. It's not, and obviously we have videos and so on. But there was people that are still living. You know, most of us in here, this room, that are uh, over the age of twenty, um, remember it vividly. I mean, I, I remember that vividly of that time, and I think. The correlation could be given there that this was a true event because there was eyewitnesses that saw, uh, you know, the, the towers come down. It wasn't just, you know, fake.
1: Well, you said, look at the, uh, uh, the Holocaust, how many times the people said, you know, that, that did not happen. But even at that time, they were able to, to speak because there were children who were old enough to, to remember all that and talked about it later. So that's even when General Eisenhower went in, and he told the reporters over there, "Can just document this by photographs, because someday people are going to uh, try and just prove that this ever happened."
0: The and pictures. Yes, very good. Okay, so just important that Paul is emphasizing that Jesus has come, uh, that redemption has come through Him, the Savior has come, and He has raised from the dead. So so exciting. Okay, uh, and we got to verse thirty three. So let's pick it up in thirty four and read down through forty one. Thirty four through 41 and we'll close out with that. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> Okay, so he ends here by really strongly emphasizing and seeing the necessity of emphasizing that, you know, David died and it went to decay, uh, but Jesus would not. Okay, really emphasizing the fact that Jesus has come to save and you can be saved through him and that he was raised uh, from the dead. All of these things are very key and important. Okay, in 39, he talks about uh, we are we are freed from the law. OK, the law could not save us. But what Jesus has done uh, is what truly is what brings about salvation the law could never bring about salvation it points us to the need for a savior okay and that's what Paul is getting at here so he's reminding them again of their history and then brings them to the fact of what happened recent history with uh the death burial and how they themselves pro, uh, possibly and and people that they know put Christ to death. Okay, this was uh, several years um, has passed since Christ has died, um, but there were still people around that were involved in that. All right, and so um, he, he points them to there. Then he, 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 in several points in here, mentions the fact that Christ is our Savior, and He's come to save the world. What what an amazing uh, thing to to proclaim to these men here in the synagogue, and then just gives them a, a good warning at the end. And the, the, you want to read the warning. Um, Actually, let's uh, let's turn to Galatians, or someone turn to Galatians two sixteen, and Paul uh, mentions the same thing about the law uh, in Galatians here, and reminds us that uh, we are saved apart from the law.
2: Galatians two and verse sixteen. Okay. We are Jews by nature, not sinners from among Gentiles. Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus, so that we may be justified by faith in Christ, and not by the works of the law. Since by the works of the law, no flesh will be
0: justified. Right, okay, so Paul really drives that point there, and that's the same point he's making here. Is that the law was there for a purpose, but it could not bring about salvation Jesus is the one that brings about salvation. What an exciting thing. And then in 41, they're um, basically giving him a warning that even though you're going, someone will come and tell you, you're still going to reject it. Reject it. And that prophecy comes, or that prophet is Habakkuk. So if you wanted to read that, uh, it's in Habakkuk uh, 1, chapter 1, verse 5. Chapter 1 and verse 5. So... Um, again, this is Paul's first sermon—a strong sermon, a sermon that's <laughs> super exciting. Uh, he and it, it's something for us to think about. You know, there's different ways in which we share the gospel, right? There's different ways in how we can do it. This is a very, very uh, uh, great way to maybe put in your arsenal of how to share the gospel. And going back to the Old Testament and showing God's plan of salvation all the way back then uh, into uh, to, to today.
2: It, it's important to remember too that with the law, God never communicated to them that the law would justify them. So that, that, be, that was just how widespread the misunderstanding was at the time. Like Moses never thought the law justified the man. Um, so there were some Jews who in Paul's day, understood the, what the law was for, but obviously the vast majority didn't, so um, even though we, you know, so Paul has to make that argument, you're not justified by works of the law, but that was what communicated in the Old Testament in the first place. It was just a perverted understanding, just like any works-based religion. But yeah. I think it's an important thing to remember, that when we, when we think about Jewish people, we shouldn't think Oh, well, they're still under the Old Testament that they're saved by works. The Old Testament never was yep. saved by works. but It, just, it was always by faith. And
0: it had grown to that during Paul's time. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, well, even um, if you look at all the laws that Jesus was dealing with, right? The laws that were set up for a specific reason. And by the time Jesus was on the scene, those laws had ballooned into all kinds of stuff that God never, you know, you can only take X amount of steps and this and that. And, you know, the the laws became uh, just blown way out of proportion. And man got his hands in there and started messing with it. And anytime that happens, uh, confusion comes and uh it, it's all a, a power struggle and men desire and you see that a lot of times in in different religions. Uh, they use use uh tactics to gain power and a lot of that is by restraining people. So but very cool, very uh interesting, uh good study. Maybe go back and read over it again and really dwell on how Paul structurally goes through sharing the gospel and, and and really maybe look at it in a little more detail than you have in the past and see the the detail in Paul and how he goes through and addresses uh, sharing the gospel with this group of people and and it can work uh, with anyone because you're you're bringing Old Testament prophecy which is so important to understand That God is who he said he is and did what he said he would do. That's really what Paul is getting at here. Is Paul, or God did what he said he was going to do through Israel, bringing about the Savior of the world in in Jesus, right? So, and that's what Paul emphasizes here. And then uh, next week, we'll finish it up with some. uh, Paul takes a new direction in his ministry and we'll we'll see that next week okay very good all right we ended right on time who would like to close this in prayer